as entrepreneurs, we want to grow our business dramatically. And I got a special treat for you today. I have the growth guy, Vern Harnish. Vern is an amazing individual I've gotten to know uh, pretty well. And uh, many of you already know him through his books. He's a best-selling author. Uh, his first real big hit was The Rockefeller Habits. It was all about growing your business. And he didn't stop there. He, his new book, Scaling Up, is just an amazing book and just a tremendous resource. But in addition to that, he is acknowledged by his peers. First, he's built the community, the uh, EO, many of you know, entrepreneurial organization. And uh, Fortune has called him one of the top 10 best minds in small business. If you are interested, and I know you are, if you're interested in growing your business, stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Bird, I am so excited to have you here today. Uh, you are just an amazing individual You're doing remarkable things to our fellow entrepreneurs, so thank you. John, glad to be with you here from sunny Barcelona, and thank you so much for that kind introduction. Well, it's, I, I had to condense it. You know, you just, you've done so much, and I'm only touching just a little bit. And the, the thing I love, and it's really what we're doing here at AESNation.com is, your passion is helping fellow entrepreneurs be extremely successful. And you walk the talk, too, because you've got you know, some successful businesses as well. But, Vern, how, how did you get here? Because, I mean, you know, most of us as entrepreneurs don't wake up, you know, and say, okay, I'm there, I'm going to arrive. And you've had a heck of a journey. Why don't you share that a little background before we dive into how we're going to really create all this growth? Got it. Well, you know, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, I grew up around entrepreneurs. My grandmother had a poultry shop. My grandfather had a TV repair business. And my dad, who was in the space race back in Littleton, Colorado, he and a bunch of guys got together, founded a company called Higher Electronics, and it was a rocket ship. And so had a chance to kind of be around that the whole time I grew up. But he lost the business in the 73 recession. We lost everything, moved out from Colorado to uh, Kinsley, Kansas, literally 25 miles this side of Dodge City. And he and I became janitors at a local nursing home. And we did that for about six months. And we said, look, uh, we're going to go start up a little business. And he and I launched when I was 15, an appliance repair business for Marvin Ryan, who had the local Sears catalog store. And, and I've been kind of on my own ever since. Well, it is. It's amazing how... Uh so many opportunities. We learn the entrepreneurship early. We don't all do it that way, but many of us do it. And you know what? What your passion has always been, Vern, is you know growing businesses. And I don't think there's an entrepreneur who doesn't want to grow a business. You know, as Steve Jobs says, "Make a dent in the universe." And yeah. the difference is, I don't know that anybody's helped any more entrepreneurs than you have. How how, well, how, how do you do that? 
Well, I've been at it for 33 years, so I think part of it is just kind of picking a focus and staying at it. And, you know, back in 83, co-founded Ace Association of Collegiate Entrepreneurs, and early participants were Michael Dell and Mark Cuban, and uh, we threw the big party for Steve Jobs when he got fired from Apple, and <laughs> then launched uh, EO, as you mentioned, and it's global today at 11,000 members, and launched an executive program at MIT that I ran for 15 years, and that's where I really learned it, John. We moved about 1,000 kind of crazed entrepreneurs, Brad Feld, who went on to do Techstars, Ted Leonsis, went on to be vice chairman of AOL, and many, many, many other guys that have gone on to, to build billion-dollar companies and become billionaires. And so it's really at their feet that I kind of, you know, pulled together the ideas that make up today, you know, what we do at Gazelles and in the book Scaling Up. Well, and, and the, the title of the MIT program was a, a, a Building Giants, I think, or? Yeah, Birthing, birthing, birthing of Giants. Birthing of Giants. So, so if anyone is at remotely questioning not staying with us, I mean, building, birthing a giant, and you've got all kinds of testimonials that you've done that, Vern. Let's, let's go into you know, your new book. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing book. I, I, I've shared Thanks. with you. Uh, I've never seen as much content uh, you know, and backup resources and thoughtfulness and process and, and proven results that you get out of this and, and all for, you know, a nominal price of a book. So uh, thank you. You're welcome. Now, one of the things I love in it that you, you kind of break down different pieces and, we, you know, we've got a short podcast. We don't, we've got a lot of material in the book. But what I wanted to dive into is some of the barriers to scaling up because uh, when I picked up the book, I mean, I just look at it and you can see it right behind you here on, on the left, that scaling up. I mean, it's got that, you know, going up. I, I love that. And I, I've built a number of businesses and it's so much fun when you hit that kneel the curve and you start taking off. How, how, what are the barriers that are holding many of us back? Well, what we saw in all of our research was that there were really fundamentally three, and that was your own development. If you want to 10x the company, you've got to 10x yourself and 10x everybody else in the firm. Uh, building scalable infrastructure so you can actually deliver on the 10 million phones that you know your marketing ends up generating on a Monday as they have at Apple. And then number three is this well-functioning marketing department separate from sales. And so what I thought, John, you know, I'd love to give really practical things you can do tomorrow ideas. So let me just touch on one that might be helpful of the many that we share within the book. So on leadership development, I think what's critical is for you to really get focused on everybody learning and reading inside the company. You know, right now, Mark Zuckerberg said as a goal for 2015 to read a book every two weeks. Mark Cuban uh, reads three hours a day. And so we'd really encourage you to do something very simple. Start a book club, book of the month, and get everybody inside the company reading a dozen books this year or listening to them or watching the videos, the TED Talks, whatever, however is your style. But on the leadership development to get focused on it. 12 hours for the front line, 24 hours for mid-management, and somewhere around 48 to, to 60 hours for the senior team. On the scalable infrastructure, there I think what's critical is every entrepreneur absolutely has to find the right number two. That, that person where they can take their ideas and toss them over the transom, and this person can actually execute. We all need our Tim Cook. And so in the book, we talk about how to find this number two and some of the things they need to do then to build the scalable infrastructure to support your vision. And then number three on the marketing side, I actually learned what I, what I know about marketing from 
the same guy Steve Jobs and Intel and Genentech did, which is Regis McKenna, back in the early 80s. And he said really two things. He said, number one, marketing's all about this. And he holds up a finger, and it, it represented this one hour a week where you must have a separate marketing meeting, even if it's with yourself, separate from sales. And what I want you to spend your time doing is working on the four P's of marketing. Spend an hour every week and think about the product, the price, the place, and the promotion. But let me update it. Have everyone out there go out and Google Ogilvy, one of the top ad agencies in the world, Ogilvy's four E's of marketing. These four E's have replaced the four P's. They've got a white paper and a PowerPoint that you can download. And work through this for an hour every week, and you're going to be amazed at how that's going to move your business forward. And so keep learning, find the right number two, and get out there and set up an hour a week and work through these four E's and four P's of marketing. Vern, I mean, these are you know, things that every one of us can execute. I just want to restate them just one more time as, you know, the leadership, you know, so many of us are almost accidental CEOs. We didn't really start out with this and we got to bring our whole team along and boy, what resources, you know, uh, the, the books can create and to have them learning yeah. that along with us. It's just so available, creating a kind of a learning group uh, in the book, uh, book club, as you mentioned, the scalable infrastructure, uh, it's just, you know, uh, clearly having the number two, I've done that in every single company and most of the companies have had the same individual because once you find that person, you know, as you point out in your book and you have the steps to do it, you gotta, you, you, you want them there by your side because they, they can execute that vision. And then the marketing, you know, Ogilvy, I mean, just you know, phenomenal organization and, and certainly some of the earliest work he did was really direct response. He's all about getting results and, and yeah. very much an entrepreneur in his own right. So, you know, we're overcoming these barriers now. I mean, we've got the leadership, we've got bringing the, you know, we've enrolled our team, if you will, our senior team particularly, but everybody in the organization. We're a learning organization, we're scaling, we're creating that infrastructure. We've got somebody there executing our vision and bringing everybody along and we're starting to hit on the marketing side. You know, what do we need to master now going forward? You know, that, that okay, I've got these barriers out of the side. You know, I've got an experience, I've got something, a product, a solution that's really the market's accepting. But now I, I, I wanna, okay, barriers aside, I'm ready to go. H how do I do it? Well, at the end of the day, your success, John, is really tied to the sum total of all the decisions you and everybody else in the company makes, and you get others to make, including customers, to, to do business with you. And so it's about decision-making, and there are specifically four decisions, which we outline in the book. In fact, the book's in these four nice, neat sections, four decisions that you absolutely have to get right, and there's right and wrong answers. And there are decisions around people, all the relationships that you're going to surround the business with, around strategy, around execution, and around cash. And so, like we did with barriers, what I thought I would do is share a real concrete, practical thing that every entrepreneur can do in each one of those four areas that I think will help move them forward, if that's all right. Well, that's, you know, this is phenomenal. So, yeah, Vern, I know everyone appreciates you really condensing it down laser-like, so, you know, what, what would be in each of these four decisions? How can we help our fellow entrepreneurs through? Good. 
Well, on the people side, you know, Jim Collins said you got to get the right butts and the right seats. Problem is, there really wasn't a list of seats. And so in the book, we've got this list uh, we call the Phase 2, the Function Accountability uh, Chart, where we give you the list of seats for you to kind of work through. And by the way, when you're a startup, it's your name in every box. It's kind of me, 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 me. And all growing a business is is figuring out which one of those functions, boxes, you're going to delegate next. When I launched Gazelles, it was a bookkeeping, literally to my neighbor, neighbor Claudia right across the street. In addition to that, around people, and this was an idea, again, that came from Regis McKenna, is every entrepreneur needs to take a piece of paper out and decide what are the top 25 relationships, influencers, Regis called them, what are the top 25 relationships that you need to nurture, you need to bring to the business in order to help double its revenue in the next 12 to 36 months. I remember when I was launching Ace, we sat down and said, look, there were some key entrepreneurs like Michael Dell and Steve Jobs and Mark Cuban I needed to get to. And, and I needed to get to the owner of Venture and Inc. magazine. And there were a couple of real thought leaders like Tom Peters that were important to get behind our particular movement. And so we literally sat down in one of those hour meetings, put that list together, and then all we did every single week is figure out how we're going to network our way to that key influencer and get them behind us scaling up the business. By the way, in 36 months, we went from a student organization at Wichita State to global, including uh, taking the first delegation of young entrepreneurs to mainland China in 1986. Wow. So that's on the people side. On the strategy side, look, we lay out seven key decisions you've got to make if you want to literally have this industry-dominating, uh, competitor-crushing strategy. But the, the first key decision is, it's a very simple one. What is the word or two you can own in the minds of the market? I, I remember when Julie and I had our first of four children 18 years ago, she absolutely wanted the safest automobile. And John, you know what we bought, which was a Volvo. Yep. You know, they <laughs> owned that idea in, their, in your mind. Google, it's all about search. And by the way, they stole that word from Yahoo, and it's one of the reasons why Yahoo's still in trouble today. If you want to hurt a competitor, take their word. Uh, we've got a client, Trench Safety. You know, if you're a construction company and you want to dig a trench and you don't want to hurt anybody, this is the company to go to. But, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are way too general that they never accomplish this very simple thing, which is to own this word or to, whether it's in your local market, your state, in the nation, or around the globe. And so that's the first important strategy decision to make. Now, on the execution side, um, you know, we all have the 99 things we've got to do. And, and the way I like entrepreneurs to think about it is line them up like dominoes. And your job is to find that front domino, that number one thing that if you could get it accomplished, will knock over the other 98 and get more done than the other 98 combined. So, so for instance, I remember back uh, one quarter, I said, look, we absolutely have to get our gross margin from 42% to 55%. We've, we've got a client who last year said, look, I absolutely need to triple the number of leads that we're generating, word of mouth leads mm -hmm. from our existing customers. Uh, this last quarter, relative to my book, it was very simple. I've got to get to one influencer every single day, like, like you, John, that can help me get the word out about the new book, Scaling Up. And once you know what that number one thing is, here's what's key. You have to carve out 
a good 30 minutes to 90 minutes every single day. Or look, let me be real. At least three 90-minute periods a week. If you can get four to five hours focused on the number one thing that's going to move that business forward, you still have the rest of the 168 hours to sleep and do email and put fires out. And then last on cash, you know, John, you just can't run out of it. And, you know, my dad did. I did back in 2001. And so one of the pieces of research that came out of Jim's book, uh, Great by Choice, which, by the way, I think is the best business book for entrepreneurs that Jim has written. The others were really about the Fortune 500. In there is research found that the companies that were able to really sustain through the good and the bad luck had three to ten times their industry average cash on hand. And so a very simple rule that Bill Gates had from the day he started the company, and that was to have a year's worth of payroll in the bank at any one time. And I have lived by that rule ever since I ran out of cash. And I got to tell you, you age a lot slower and you <laughs> sleep a whole lot better at night. And so just kind of four things. Put that list of 225 to 250 relationships that will really help move your business forward on strategy. Get that word or two that you want to own very clear. And then through content marketing, get about owning it out there in the minds of the key customers that you want to have. On execution, be crystal clear what number one thing is you've got to do in the next 90 days and pound on it every day or at least every other day for 30 minutes to 90 minutes. And then... Get serious about keeping a pile of cash uh, so that you can weather the storms, which every one of us are going to hit. One of the things we know for sure, life is going to intrude, and it does. Yes. As entrepreneurs, we learn that very quickly. You know, I look at this, burn, and I mean, these poor decisions are so critical. And I want to just go over each one, but I want to bring up in the, your book, you had some key questions, and I, I think... Uh, as they're executing, I mean, I love when we think of people having 25, you know, relationships that are critical could be, because we get so diffused. Yeah. But as one of the things that you mentioned uh, that I think is just so powerful is to look at, you know, both the internal and external ones, and particularly the internal ones, would you rehire them today? Would you, you know, give them that seat on the bus? And, and, I, and I think that we don't pay enough attention to our businesses. I mean, we're so busy doing it, doing it, doing it. If we're going to scale up, we've got to have the right people that are there, you know, in these powerful relationships. And I just thought that was like, you know, just a clear guidance that you're providing. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the toughest things is when the business outgrows the people that were there, particularly in the beginning. And a lot of times as the business gets bigger, those folks in the beginning don't really aren't having fun anyway. And so one of the things we've often encouraged people to do is, you know, you got to keep put piecing yes curves together in order to scale up the company. That original startup team that you have is often perfect to kind of move off site down the road a mile and have them launch the next uh, big thing that you need to do to move the company forward. And so how you move those boxes around uh, are some of the most important decisions that you're going to make, and they're going to be the toughest decisions that you're going to have to make. And then, you know, I look at strategy, what you've done there, and it's, it, to me, you know, you focus in on something that's so important, you know, the, just the two words, you gave a great examples. 
One of the things that I'm in Silicon Valley and have a lot of venture friends, investment banking friends, because I'm in the financial services. And one of the things we talk about is how often, and you, you say it in your book too, that people can't express their strategy in a, in a short sentence. And, you know, forget the two words, they're rambling on, you know, for the 10 minute pitch and you're still not quite clear what their strategy is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I often use the example that made Tom Monahan $4 billion on a very simple strategy. I'm going to deliver pizza. That was really the two words he owned in everyone's mind in 30 minutes or less. There was the brand promise or it's free. There's the brand promise guarantee. And that simple strategy made Domino's a huge, huge success. Now, that's a consumer business. You're mentioning Silicon Valley. Well, nobody's better at this than, than Larry Ellison. And some of their latest ads are very clear. Our Exadata server is five times, not four, not six, five times better than IBM or you win $10 million. And in fact, when they launched that campaign, you know, IBM got all upset. And I think Larry basically said, look, hey, if it's not true, you got a chance to win the $10 million. <laughs> and so, you know, whether you're selling one of the most complex, you know, technologies to very sophisticated buyers, or you're just trying to get pizzas out the door, to be able to state your strategy that simply is critical so that the rest of the organization can execute on it. So many times as entrepreneurs, we want to talk about the process of what yeah. we're doing and instead of the results. And I mean, that's clear. Yeah. I'm getting five times more here and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, bold. Then you know, on the execution, I mean, this is one that I, I, I mean, all four, I, I totally agree. But I mean, the, this is one that I, I've made the mistake. That's why I'm probably so passionate is identifying, you know, the, I think you say in the book, the domino effect, kind of the, but I, I call, I've always called it the pull goal. You have a number of goals and yeah. there's usually just one that if you do, it's going to make your organization distinctive. It's going to have everything come together. And so often we spread ourselves and you're big on this focused execution. Yeah. Well, by the way, you know, right now all on the news is Steve Jobs again because of this latest biography that is coming out. And that's clearly what Steve learned in the wilderness years. And he learned it from Pixar. He saw the power of a team only having one thing to work on, which was Toy Story. So when he got back to Apple, I mean, the famous, you know, meeting he had with his management team where he went up to the whiteboard and do this two by two matrix and said, look, we're getting out of all this other stuff that we're already in. We're in handhelds and scanners and printers and everything. He said, look, we're just going to do four things. We're going to do two laptops and we're going to do two desktops. But here's what's key. He divided the company into four separate teams. He literally put up physical walls so that each team only had one thing that they absolutely had to get right over the next 24 months. And they did, and the rest was history. And then he continued to release products like you would movies. About every two years, it, there was the iPod, then they came up with the iPhone, then they launched the retail store, and then they did the iPad, and now here recently we've got the iWatch. And almost everything that they, they've done, now making the largest market cap company on the planet by a factor of two, you could sit right on that desk that you've got there in your office. And so I think we fool ourselves as entrepreneurs that we've got to do a lot of stuff. You got to pick one thing, like let's go open a retail store. And Steve would spend three hours every day over at the mock-up, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and most Saturdays and Sundays. And if you give it that kind of focus and attention, you're going to, you're going to launch 
the most successful retail concept we've ever seen in the world. And so it takes focus and then that dedicated routine of spending time every day on it in order for it to, for it to happen. You know, this is all what I love, Vern, is you're all about being successful on purpose. The lessons that you've, you've had the privilege of working with so many entrepreneurs and you, you bring it down to a process you can execute. And, and it, you know, number four, the cash. This is a, there's usually, I, I can see people debating some of the other issues. Cash, they're not going to debate. And, you know, maybe the dollar amount, but boy, what a difference when I, I've been, you know, early entrepreneur days, bootstrapping, getting investors, you know, doing all that. The, the yeah. whole distraction of running out of cash, even when you have a great business and everything working, can blow up. And this is yeah. why you just can't run out of it. And you've got to design it because stuff happens. And uh, you lay that out really clearly. So, I mean, this is well, great. And John, I think what's new there, and uh, John Mullins, uh, my dear friend up at London Business School, serial entrepreneur, John wrote a book last year. I named one of the top five business books in Fortune magazine. It's something I get to do every year for Fortune is, is pick those five. And it's called The Customer-Funded Business. I, I think the, the mistake that we've made, and we're starting to go back to the way it used to be, is we thought we had to go out and raise all this money. Uh, but the very best money to get is from customers. By the way, in a way, that's what Kickstarter is. Kickstarter is not raising money. It's going out and pre-selling my product to those first dozen or 1,200 customers that I need. I was just down in Australia, and this father-son team came up with this new way of harvesting honey. And they're selling for $500. They put up an uh, Indiegogo campaign hoping to pre-sell about $70,000 worth of these um, honey harvesters. And the last time I checked, it, the, just as they were ending up, they had pre-sold $7 million uh, in something around 30 days. And look, it used to take a lot of time you know, to get a company to $7 million, and they did it in around 30 days. And so... Uh, what I think is most critical is for us to get out of our head that I've got to go out and panhandle and beg all this money. And the best money to get is from your customers. Even if you're a technology company, Bill Gates and all of those guys early on didn't raise a penny uh, from anyone. They went and got contracts with customers that then funded their ability to build their programs and their technologies that they were then able to sell to the rest of the world. And so the customer-funded business is a book that I'd recommend every entrepreneur read. I will definitely get that, Vern, because uh, you know, I see, you know, it's so easy to raise capital now. There's a lot of money out there and the temptation of bringing in partners and, you know, the capital. And boy, talk about, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and all these other tools. I mean, you know, you used to have to write a big check to do a focus group. You know, we could argue whether that was good or not. This way, you know, I, the opinions that I really care about are the people who are writing large checks to me, my customers and clients. And this, yeah. you know, you, you can't get a better source of doing that. And, you know, you can bootstrap up to that point pretty easily. So, that, I mean, that's really powerful. Yeah, but, and that's what happened to me, John. I, I went out when I launched Gazelles. I went to five friends and raised a half a million dollars. And the truth is, I just wasted it. And when then I ran out of it in 2001, I kind of got a new religion and went back to about a dozen of my existing customers and said, look, why don't you prepay, if you would, 
what you're going to buy from us in 2002. I'll give you a nice discount for that. And that got me an entire year's worth of payroll in the bank. And, and we've done that ever since. And so we have funded our growth purely from, from customers. That's actually what I did in this business as well. It's just so much. It's, yeah. I, you know, I think it's when you get slapped by the market, you learn these things. And what I love is you're keeping a lot of people from being slapped by market forces. You're, you're telling them, you know, do these things. I mean, they'll, they'll find some other things to uh, have some challenges, but th this is really good. You know, Vern, what I want to do is let me go to the next segment here. And it's the book of the day. your scaling up uh, website and this is at www.scalingup.com where you know tell us a little bit about you know we've kind of gone over some of the ideas and so on but you know what's in the book why do they want to read it and, and some of the resources that you have on this site yeah I'm a mechanical engineer by training so I'm a, I'm a tool guy and I was always a big fan of Buckminster Fuller who said look you can't change the way people think all you can do is give them a tool, the use of which will change their thinking. Just like we've seen the iPhone as a tool that's really changed a lot of our behaviors. And so what we've got on the site, and it's in the book, are a whole bunch of one-page tools around people, strategy, execution, and cash. And they're all open source. They're up there for free for folks to download by the thousands. And so if you go to the website, you'll get the tools. Uh, we've got a bonus chapter up there on actually how do you structure and prepare for a strategic planning session and even have a one-page strategic plan, the thing that we're really well known for around the world. About 40,000 companies are using this tool. We've got a sample one of those filled out. And then we even have a new tool called the one-page personal plan because you really got to get your personal life kind of aligned with your business life and so that tools up there to download for free and even the section from the book that describes how to fill it out is there for free for you to download as well and we've got a, a chapter up there about the three barriers and so a lot of free stuff there that I'd encourage people to go to at scalingup.com to, to download and take advantage of because uh, again, we've made it available open source around the globe. And it's there in many, many languages, French and Russian and Spanish and, and the rest. And so we're working across uh, all six of the major continents in terms of our, our client base. I think you've been unbelievably generous on this, uh, Vern. I mean, I, I, when I <laughs> got your book and then started looking at this, I just I couldn't believe it, really. Uh, because, you know, it's one thing to have a couple tools, but, I mean, you, you really are open sourcing your best tools to everyone and, and your passion of helping people. Uh, you know, and you're there, to, obviously, you can help them beyond if they want help in execution, but everything's yeah. laid out, and it's pretty amazing. Let me go to the next segment. You. You've, uh, you shared with me, and let me pull it up here. It's a, uh, one that you've been working on at your company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, you know, whenever you start getting about 10 employees, trying to keep track of the cascading priorities and KPIs can just becomes, you know, a, an Excel spreadsheet nightmare. And so, uh, for our own use, we built a tool called Align uh, at aligntoday.com, and it's just a very simple dashboarding system that we've got hundreds of entrepreneurs using out there that allow them to just kind of keep track of all of this stuff and take advantage of it. And then the other thing I'm excited about, one of our clients, um, CJ Advertising, 
did put together one of these book clubs and built some software to manage this book club inside their company. And now they've made it available for the rest of us for hardly anything. And it's called the Better Book Club. And so I would encourage folks to take a look at Align Today uh, and the Better Book Club as a couple of tools that uh, I think will really help you move your company forward. Now, Vern, this has been really so good. Let me kind of summarize all this. All the key I do have, I have multiple pages and notes here and, uh, for how short. And the big takeaway, anytime I work with Vern, I always think about being successful on purpose. I mean, what I love, Vern, is you and your team and, you know, the various companies, you don't want to leave anything for chance. So you, you really have the tools, the execution to put it into place. You know, if we're going to scale up our business, we're going to have, you know, dramatic growth and do it while we're increasing our margins. You know, we're really creating tremendous value, not only for our clients, but also for our businesses. And then building a great quality of life, you've got to look at the challenges. Vern walked us through the three barriers, leadership, scalability of the infrastructure, and then uh, the marketing effectiveness. Okay, definitely go back and review those. Those are, to me, key. And then the four big decisions that we all have to make, and we make them whether we make them you know, consciously or not by inactivity. You know, we've got to provide you know, the leadership, the people, the setting the strategy and be able to articulate it in you know, two or very small number of words. And then driving execution, we see over and over again, the most successful entrepreneurs are taking action, very deliberate, focused, massive action. And then I don't think we can say enough about cash, the importance, but using the tools. And I love, Vern, the, the, the whole concept of customer funded businesses. Well, with that, though, what I want to do is, Vern, thank you and encourage everyone. you got to buy the book. Uh, you know, the links are at aesnation.com. Get the, get the tools from Vern. Go ahead and execute on this. Your clients, your future clients, and all your strategic partners are counting on you. Don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com